All right, I'll, I'll uh, start. It's very free form. Anyway, um, welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast. We are an official Apple podcast with me, Migs Burrows. And I'm Trace Burrows. And today we have on the show Steve Fawson uh, from Heart, one of the founding members who helped create the band. And they've had... Um, 10 top albums in the charts and 20 hit singles. And are you guys on tour right now? Your, your band is Heart by Heart. Heart by Heart, yeah. We're leaving, actually, we're leaving tomorrow for uh, Largo, Florida. Mm -hmm. We play Largo Friday and then Sanibel Island on Saturday. And we fly home on the, during the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, cool. oh, there'll be nobody around. Uh, is this your kickoff? Because I know COVID, you had planned uh, a tour before, you know, and then COVID sort of interrupted things with everybody. Yeah, well, our our band, uh, we pretty much play most weekends. We either play around Washington State or we fly out to someplace. And we don't do like tours per se where, you know, you play, you're out for three weeks and you go from town to town and somebody organizes it all perfect so that the towns are exactly a hundred miles apart or whatever, you know, right. we just, you know, we do one-offs. We, you know, it's, it's different cause we play performing arts centers and they, their schedules get booked up and, you know, they book us in and then we try to work it out. So um, the original lead singers Ann and Nancy Wilson, are they doing their own thing somewhere else or what's with that? Yeah, they're, they they both have their own separate bands, uh -huh. and they they compete with each other. <laughs> that was that was going to be naturally probably a, a overly asked question is you know how they got along. Was there a lot of squabbling between them in the band? I mean, did you well, have to sit back and wait for them to work it out? Well, back in the day when we were in the band, there was no squabbling. Yeah between the sisters but they had a big squabble uh squabble a couple years ago when i don't know if did you hear about it or anything tell us well, about why did they squabble well wasn't it over a guy wasn't it well no it was uh their ann's husband had a uh an altercation with two of nancy's sons hmm. and uh it wasn't pretty and nancy didn't like it and Ann didn't like the fact that that Nancy uh, got the police involved and all this kind of stuff. So they've they've been squabbling ever since. And now they're to the point where they don't even call each other by name. They call each other. That's my business partner. <laughs> oh God! Oh, that's too bad. And they did have a tour a couple of years ago, and part of the uh, um, part of the requirements were that they. They couldn't attend dinner at the same time, and they, they had to work it out so that that their entourage didn't pass in the hallways and all. You know, it's very very complicated. Yeah. It was your performance at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was phenomenal. Was that the last time you all played together as founding members? Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah, that was so exciting. You had your red Fender bass, I guess. Is that? Well, actually, it's orange, but. Oh, okay. You know, Red is red works too. But, TV needs to be adjusted. Yeah, Summer, who is this lead singer in Heart by Heart, her favorite color is orange. So okay. I had to get an orange bass, and I just had to. Yeah. So, so yeah, Heart by Heart started out as a duo with you and Summer, right? And then yeah. you, you ended up falling in love and 
becoming partners. We did. We became partners and we got uh, called to do a open up for Dwight Yoakam in, in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And we thought, well, a duo is a little light to be opening up a show. So we asked Mike to join and we asked a guitar player, Randy Hansen. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a Hendrix artist. And he joined us. And so we uh, put together a set. And then a week before the gig was supposed to take place, uh, Dwight pulled out, didn't want to go to Alaska. Too, too far of a drive. <laughs> I don't know what that reason was. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so we had a band, but no gig. And then, you know, one thing led to another and we got some gigs and all of a sudden, you know, when, once you get gigs, you have a website and the website is, you know, everybody can see it all around the world. And then people on the East Coast would say, hey, you guys, Mike and Steve are playing together. And so pretty soon we were, you know, doing shows on the East Coast and the Midwest and West Coast and just everything just kind of took off from there. So Heart had a lot of different names before it became Heart. One I remember was Army, right? Yeah, when we when Roger and I first uh, got together, well, we were friends since uh, junior high. Mm -hmm. uh, we were in the same homeroom together, you know, Fisher, Fawson. So, <laughs> and uh, you know, all we did for three or four years was talk about music and dream about music and wish, you know. And then when we were uh, fifteen, we both decided to get instruments. And then we spent the next couple of years learning our instruments. <laughs> what a shock. We actually <laughs> learned how to play. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we, uh, when we were 17, we decided we came to my father's house and we went to my father's office. He was a real estate guy and he had an office downstairs and we shook hands. We said, okay, let's start a band. We're going to call it the army. We're not stopping until we make it. So we, you know, just, yeah. yeah. Whatever you have to do to make it. <laughs> and that's usually, it's usually you have to get different members because Roger and I were so, uh, so focused on, on making it big that we were probably totally annoying to everybody else in the band. Because we were, <laughs> Come on, you guys, let's get, get, get with it here. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they love music, but they, it, to them, it's more of a hobby and, you know, they don't feel like, you know, for family reasons or whatever reason, they don't want to go out and tour or whatever, you know, so. So we just kept changing members until we found Anne. And Anne was just as driven and, and ambitious as we were. So we just focused and kept, you know, finding members that were just as driven and focused as we were. So they, they auditioned separately and didn't bring Nancy with her or how did that work? Well, Nancy was in uh, college at the time, but we, after a couple of rehearsals and after we decided that we were going to uh, have, you know, Anne as our singer and she decided we, that we would be her, you know, bass player and guitar player too. Cause she had a drummer and a, uh, another a male singer and an, uh, another guitar player. So we had a six piece band and we all needed money. So as soon as we got together enough songs to, to do a five hour set or five, <sighs> Five sets per night, we went out and started uh, playing clubs and stuff around Washington and Oregon and Idaho and Montana. What's the, um, I, I read one of your, this is a little, I'm going to give you a little quiz, which I'm sure is easy. Because um, you, you mentioned some of your, your uh, musical influences early on. 
And uh, one of them was my ultimate favorite uh, album. So I'm going to, if I can do this right, breathe deep the gathering gloom, watch the lights fade from every room. Bedsitter people look back and lament another day's useless energy spent. Impassioned lovers wrestle as well. I won't go on and on. Anyway. <laughs> when you started that, I got goosebumps. I still have them. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, I love that album. I think that was probably the very first LP that I ever bought when I was a, a young we, man. Yeah. Didn't you play one of those songs at your wedding? I, we, you're right. I, my wedding vows were from the Moody Blues uh it might have been that that that's called I forget what the the title of that is. It's sort of a little interlude, I think it's called the interlude, right? Um, impassioned lovers wrestle as one. Uh, lonely man cries for love and has none. New mother picks up and suckles her son. Senior citizens wish they were young. <laughs> anyway, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. It was and, and really remember. I I didn't I have no idea what those words are. Um, and, and one of the reasons that I started playing bass was uh, at our high school one day, the uh, Seattle Symphony came and I was just fascinated with the bass section, you know, with all their big gigantic basses and um, the way they played and the, and the sound and everything. That's one of the reasons I picked up the bass. Another big reason was Paul McCartney, but, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a kind of a dopey question. Um, so on the road, you know, you have groupies, you got women, you know, knocking on your door to come in and all that. And I'll first have part A. Part B is you never hear about women in rock bands having male like groupies. So the, so did Anne and Nancy have like guys rush like stage door Johnny's, like rushing, you know, like, mm, I want to have sex with you, you know, that kind of thing. Well, there was, I mean, Anne and Nancy both had relationships with the Fisher brothers when oh, I was in the band. Most mm -hmm. of the time that I was in the band. But there was plenty of guys that were, you know, trying to dreaming. You know, yeah, trying to get, you know, trying to get in. But uh they, you know, they were Anne and Nancy were had a good upbringing and their mom and dad were, you know, very intelligent and uh, mm. taught them right. And so they didn't really, you know go all out for uh the uh yeah. sexual pleasures of uh, <laughs> right. a new a new uh <laughs> new adventure every night you know that's so, you're i'm sorry go ahead I have little interludes underneath the stage with like uh are you know, like motley crew yeah well, like motley crew and dan sammy hagar <laughs> motley heart <laughs> yeah so yeah i uh, Howard and I, um, this was after I left Hart and Howard was in, in Seattle and we went and saw um, Van Halen when they played the arena downtown and we were sitting kind of, we were on stage watching the show and it's like, hey, where's Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're, but Somar, summer, is it pronounced summer or Somar? Summer, like the season, yeah. Okay, so yeah, an amazing, the vocal, I mean, you close your eyes and it could be Anne. I mean, how, how did, was that just, how many people did you see before, I mean, you fell in love later, but how many voices do you have to listen to before you, her, you know, just very, the, whatever, tonal quality is perfect. Well, what happened was, uh, 
Summer, she's been singing since she was a kid. Her, her father had her singing for, uh, you know, their dinner parties and their relatives. And, you know, Summer was totally annoyed by it. She's like, get out there and sing, you know, do a song, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but she sang all through, you know, uh, elementary school, uh, middle school and high school. And she even got a scholarship to uh, uh, Central Washington for you know vocals and uh but she kept uh she kept doing that her whole life and i don't know she and then she was in a band called straight on and they were a local seattle band and she's and they played heart music and uh roger and mike and i were uh playing a party downtown and we needed a vocalist and summer was the one that was chosen by somebody else i you know, nobody auditioned her or anything, but they said, oh, she sings, she knows the heart songs, she can sing them. So when, you know, when you see Summer on the, uh, you know, on the itinerary, you go like, oh, this summer, she's going to come in with, you know, big hairy, you know, <laughs> yeah. grass and, you know, and patchouli oil and everything else, you know, smoking them. <laughs> but she, she was totally the opposite. She's, uh, mm. she was, you know, her, her, you know, she, she had very good parents too. So mm. she was raised right. And uh, so I met her and, you know, I thought, well, she's really nice and smart and everything like that. So we met and, you know, there was no sparks whatsoever. Mm. But over the we, we met in February and then over the course of the rest of the spring and summer and fall, we kept running into each other at like at different shows and we planned to go shows together and stuff and became friends. And then that friendship turned into a romance. And uh, one night after we played together, I laid a big kiss on her. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Pretty, uh, <laughs> crazy then, on you. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> All these titles fit. Magic man, crazy on you. Yeah. You weren't a Barracuda, were you? Well, well we, that's exactly. We played Barracuda, Magic Man, and Crazy on You for the very first time we met each other. Oh, did you? Oh. And there's actually a, a oil painting of uh, that night, and Summer and I are both on stage together. So, cool. You shared writing credits with Little Queen. So how does that process, as a bass player, is it really just, I mean, you, you contribute to every song with a bass line, but why do you have particular writing credits for Little Queen? Well, I, you know, I kind of wondered that myself because I contribute, you know, everybody contributes on every song, basically. Yeah. And, and when you're, when you're a songwriter and you write the lyrics and, you know, the basic chord structure, I mean, you can divvy up, you know, you can give this guy 5%, that guy 10%, you know, whatever. They do whatever they want, but they, they said, they announced when we were doing Little Queen, they said, well, on Little Queen, we're going to share the writing. And I thought, oh, cool. It's going to be on every song, but it was just for the song Little Queen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was weird, but you know, I contributed and Mike contributed, every, Howard, everybody contributed on every song. And I don't know why we didn't get a little bit of writing credit for every song basically there's a few like maybe dog and butterfly where it was pretty much finished when they presented it to us you know there was a few songs like that but you know i'm curious uh, so there's these streaming services and you you, put, you might do well on them since you probably 
you know, I'm sure Hart sells tons of songs even to this day. She does. That's a thumbs up. It's they're doing great. The streaming it's, and the but, but for yeah. beginning musicians, Spotify, you got to sell ten thousand stream. Have ten thousand streams to make thirty dollars. Because you paid paid point oh 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 three percent. So what do, do, you, do you have an advice to like up and coming musicians and bands about Spotify? Because you know what is the point of that when you can sell a song on Apple for ninety nine cents? You know. Yeah, I you know I. Uh oh, sorry. We can cut it out. Are you can answer it. No, no, I'm not going to answer this. I'm going to turn it off. You can cut it out. But. Uh, the, the 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 music business nowadays I don't understand it at all I don't mm -hmm. I don't get it I don't understand it and I download you know some new music that I really like but most of the music that I download and listen to is from the 50s 60s 70s and 80s and yeah and I don't know it's I to give advice I mean I don't I, I give advice to me I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that what our music, for some reason, classic radio picked it up after after the hits, you know, after the band was you know moved on and the hits were still in, yeah. going somewhere else, and you know I still hear Crazy on You and Barracuda, Dreamboat Annie when I go to the mm. grocery store or whatever, you know. And a lot of movies license your songs because I hear it all the to Barracuda and. Oh, yeah. Identity Thief, that movie. She's in the yeah. We're lucky that uh, Will Ferrell, Barracuda, or whatever. Yeah, the um, movies. Yeah. We're lucky that Will Ferrell loves us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do um, well. Yeah. Without getting you know too financial, but I mean, do the movies pay pay as well as a? I mean, do they just give you a flat fee? You don't have to say what it is, but do they just say here's X amount of dollars? We're going to use your song, and it's going to be in the titles or in the middle. Or every time the movie, you know, every time it plays, you get 10 cents or, you know, does they, they you know, a variety of ways are, yeah. it's done because each, each time they license a song and there's a different, you know, attorney here and attorney there and they come <laughs> yeah. up with a deal. And, but at first it was, it was just like a big, you know, they give you a nice big chunk right up front. I'm a musician. I got started when the Beatles came out. I, I see a bass right over there. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, who was your favorite, you know, bass player growing up, you know, when all those bands started coming around and I guess. In the, I well, guess. you know, I loved all the, the British invasion, basically. Yeah. Hmm. And Paul McCartney was was the king as far as I was concerned. Yeah. But, you know, I love Bill Wyman, uh, mm -hmm. John Paul Jones. Uh, I can't think. Chad, I know he's he's the bass player in the Animals. I mean, all these guys did stuff that inspired me. Chaz, Ch Chaz, Chaz Chandler. Chandler. Chandler, yeah. That's Trace right. had a run in with him. Trace had an interesting run in with him. <laughs> they castrate me. And then, <laughs> and then in Seattle, we had some very interesting bass players too. I mean, Andy Paripa from the Sonics. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Sonic. Mm. Oh. And the Whalers. Um, they, you know, the guys around here, they, they yeah. inspired me too. I'm curious with with your current band, Heart by Heart. Um, so you're not a tribute band because you're the founders of Heart. But when everyone has to, like your guitar player is Lizzie, is that the right? Uh... Lizzie is. Uh, yeah, she's. Yeah. So is there 
just even you do you have do you do you stray a little bit do you have a little leeway or do you are you just stick to the charts to totally oh we you know we we we're, we can definitely stray yeah and but we insist that everybody learn the, the part to begin with you know perfectly hmm. and then as time goes on they can you know stretch out but but if they feel good on a certain night they can you know stretch out but if they're tired or they you yeah. know whatever then they they have that that the basic thing down so that they can play at least that and be perfect with it so, so there's yeah. hard tribute bands out there i'm sure right do, do they have to like i think legally don't they have to pay you some money for performing their songs in a venue through ascap or bmi or whatever you know mechanical royalties i guess they call that right yes they do and you better pay up <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me it wasn't me yeah, that's the end of our hard trip. Probably owe the Moody Blues money for reciting that poem. <laughs> so no, do yeah. they keep, those agencies don't keep after those people, do they? There's some I don't people. know. I don't know how it's kept track of. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, we're probably supposed to do that too. Yeah. But it'd be like Mike and I paying ourselves to pay ourselves, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paying to pay ourselves, but you know, it's it's. I don't know. And I don't, I, I think Ann and Nancy are both, and all of us are, you know, we've all been rewarded financially by all that stuff enough that we don't need to nitpick, you know, somebody, yeah. some band playing, you know, magic man at a <laughs> corner bar down the street, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, you know, but we are very thankful that they do because every time somebody plays magic man or Barracuda or crazy on you or whatever, Somebody in the audience is going to go, hey, I want to pick up that, you know, I, you know yeah. I remember that song and I'm going to go home and download it when I get, you know, get time. Yeah, put it on the playlist. Yeah. yeah. So this, there's another part of your life that's fascinating. And, and I know, you know, music, I don't think people appreciate it, but and Trace is a drummer, so or was a drummer and still is and other things. So it's very physically demanding and I'm just standing on stage and doing what you do. But you're this wilderness uh interest I, I don't know what you'd call you know i mean the cliche is adrenaline junkie or thrill seeker do you do you think of yourself as easier of those and 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 what is the satisfaction and i mean some of the things i read in, in a recent interview i mean you came up against like a 200 pound mountain goat a bear say uh, trying to you know protect protect her cubs from you an avalanche a mountain lion i mean what what's what, what's going on with that <laughs> well, okay, so you did when that happened. How did you, you know, tell me? Yeah. What you well, you know, you you're you. I took a mountaineer cloak course, mm -hmm. and they kind of tell you, you know, the you know, if you see a bear, don't get your camera out and follow it and try. To <laughs> yeah. Here, bear. Yeah. Uh, you just you, you just try to be smart. If if the bear's over here, you go over there. You, know, you don't <laughs> towards the bear. You. You, and you don't act threatening or anything like that. But when you see a mountain lion, you got to be threatening. Oh. They, or if it's a young bear, if it's a, a young bear that doesn't know anything about, you know, oh, hey, there's some food over there. And then you, then you got to act aggressive and throw rocks at it and stuff. And then the mountain goat was just standing. I was hiking up this trail and I had my head down. It was hot and 
it was all on all these rocks and stuff. And so I was slipping and, you know, you slide, you take two steps forward, you slide one step back. And I was, I have trekking poles. So I'm just digging in and really going for it. And this guy says, take a left. (laughs) (laughs) The peak's over here. I I can't do that. And And he says, no, Steve, take a left. So I looked up and this mountain goat was staring at me like this, you know, and they have two horns this this long right here, you know, and one was pointed here and one was pointed here. And if you would have popped mm. both my lungs, I'd have been dead in, you know, two minutes. But I, I, a lucky thing, I took, I took his vice. I took a left. <laughs> and, and it just so happened that there was these scrub altars there and he could see over them. And, and I could, I looked back and saw him and he, he didn't want to go through the alders. So, but he kept an eye on me and I, I just kept going, Hey, see ya. So how do you, I'm scare, out of here. how do you scare away? The, was that mountain goat? So you just do the, put your hands up and make, they say, make yourself bigger. Like, you know, Oh, for, for, for mountain lions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the, the one that was after me, I outsmarted because uh, I, I was up on Mount Baker and I was snowshoeing and I came up to the spot where I had snowshoed a couple of weeks before and I could still see my tracks because it hadn't snowed in the meantime. And I saw these tracks of a mountain lion coming down, but they were just, you know, almost as old as my snowshoe tracks. So then I did some exploring around. I came back to the same place because I wanted, that was where I was going to follow my tracks back out to get back to the road. And there was fresh tracks then. So mm-hmm. he went, he was following my trail that I had made. Oh. So he was, he was waiting in ambush. So I went back a different way. Interesting. What's the, the joke about, I don't know, because I went hiking in Jackson Hole about 15, 20 years ago, and we never did see a bear, but we had bear bags and we're all hiding. You know, everybody's afraid that they're going to be attacked. But there was a joke about the difference between a brown bear and a black bear. And it's something, you know, you wear a bell to scare them away. And the, I forget the joke is something like, well, how do you tell if it's a brown bear or black bear? Well, the black bear has bells and it's scat, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and the other ones don't. Um, Black bear's a big grizzly bear. Brown bears are much smaller, right? Steve? Oh, black bears are are smaller. Grizzlies are- It's the other way around. The brown bears are the big grizzlies and the black bears are the small. Yeah. But the, the, the brown bears, they don't want anything to do with you. And if you kind of get out of their way and don't startle them, they, you know, you don't have much trouble. But a black bear can be curious and kind of look at you and maybe follow you around a little bit. And that's when you're in trouble. Yeah. We get bears here in Connecticut now. I mean, it's amazing. And my street up, up in Reading, Connecticut, the yeah. neighbors knock on wood. I never want to see one. But I told you my neighbor warned me. And I've, you know, they talk about a, coming around dawn and dusk and rummaging around in the garbage with mountain lions up here. It's, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're in suburban Connecticut. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So how close are you to New Hampshire? Oh, a couple hundred miles away, like a four hour drive. Because we're, we're playing in New Hampshire. Oh, are you? Oh, when? A month, month and a half or so. Well, tell us the date and time because, you know, people listen. Some people listen. Yeah, do I have, do I have your email? You guys' email? Uh, well, mine's. I'll get it from John. I get it. Okay, okay. Get it from John. His, his mind. So, what we have a little bit of time up, but I'm also curious about your, you know, doing being as active as you are and your diet. Do you have a particular diet 
uh, regimen, like uh, your plant-based? I mean, what's your any particular, you know, thing you I, follow? Well, I try to stay away from, you know, uh, processed foods. Mm. And I try to, I eat a lot of vegetables and I try to eat, you know, a decent amount of fruit and, yeah. you know, I, I go, I eat fresh vegetables and cooked vegetables. And, you know, I try to go for the leaner meats like chicken breast and, you know, leaner cuts of beef or if I have, I'm mm. going to have some of that. And I stay away from deep fried stuff and, you know, stuff like that. But not, I'm not, so, I mean, if you're so strict, you can't, even, you, you might as well not be a musician because you can't go on the road. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're like, where are we eating tonight? Well, it's the, you know, so it's such and such restaurant. You get there and the menu is like, you just go like, whoa. Okay, so everything is deep fried. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What did you guys for the dressing room? I mean, you know, this goes back to, uh, you know, spinal tap, but I mean, what did you guys, did you, did you order bowls of M&Ms without any brown M&Ms or things like no, that? No, we, we didn't really, we don't really usually need a rider, but sometimes we do. And we just, we try to get like a, a cheese platter and a, you know, a vegetable platter and maybe a couple of, some turkey and some bread and mayonnaise and mm. <coughs> excuse me, some fruit. <clears throat> And then uh, a couple of bottles of wine and some beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah they yeah. had or somebody. They had a test: no green M and M's in the bowl in yeah. the back. It was, it was a test to somewhere about are they going to oh listen to details, you know follow details on the stage. If they can't follow the simple ones for the green room waiting to come on, can they follow the other stuff that you need? Uh, I don't know. I'm messing yeah. the story up badly, but. Yeah, I mean, we would have, you know, I, I suppose we could have done that back when we were in Heart. Yeah. Right now, Heart by Heart, we don't we don't have that kind of cloud where we can go, hey, wait a minute. You know, we said, <laughs> best foods mayonnaise, not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know. You got promoters following you saying like they want a heart reunion with the original members and, you know, try to make that happen or the, you guys just say that's not happening with all the. Oh yeah. You know, we have tons of fans and people that, you know, that would love to see that. And, you know, me personally, I'd love to see it too, but you know, it's. It's Anna Nancy. Works. Yeah. I mean, you have to get Anna Nancy on board, right? I mean, that's the, you know, and they're, pretty happy with the bands that they have yeah because i mean part of um being in a band is is enjoying you know the, the company of the people that you're with and being able to tell them what to do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's you know our band is kind of not like that we're pretty democratic and i kind of try to keep it that way because i like it when the I can look at the person, people I'm standing on a stage with, and they they're happy to be there, and they yeah. like me personally. I'm not, you know, I'm not the boss that you know lays down the law and stuff. I, you know, you have to every once in a while, but you know. Was you back in the day of the heart? Was uh, sounds a weird phrase, but uh, were you guys like chummy within the other famous bands from that time period that you, you know, met and then later on carried had you know like uh, friend relationships with? Well, yeah, it's, it seemed like um, 
the pe the people in heart got along pretty well when I was in the band. Yeah. And um, you know, we did meet some cool people, but you know, you just they go that way and we go this way and, and you know, there wasn't the social media like we have nowadays and the, you know, cell phones and all that stuff to keep in touch. So, you know, you kind of lose track of them and yeah. but I remember Tyron from uh the Doobie Brothers, he was a really good guy to me, and we hung out a little bit, and he gave me a lot of pointers, and I love his bass playing, so, you know, he was a great guy to me, and Steven Tyler would come around and hang out with us. And Yeah, we got a Steven Tyler story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, our, everybody does. <laughs> well, our high school in Westport, Connecticut, you can, there's a film called The High School That Rocks, and there was a young promoter who's 15 years old. We've interviewed him on this because we went to high, high school with him. And he promoted at 15 years old. He had um, the cream, the doors. Come to our high school in 1960, what, seven? Seven, yeah. And he's done another band. So we went to Frank Barcelona. They, he thought it was a joke. Yeah. And he started booking these major A-list bands at the time. So Steven Tyler, who was just a kid way before Aerosmith, he was, and he was chasing this Dick Sandhouse, who was, who figured all this out and got these bookings. He says, oh, um, I know the Yardbirds are coming and Jimmy Page is going to be there. I just want to hold his guitar case. <laughs> Steven Tyler wanted to carry Jimmy uh, Page's guitar case. Wow. <laughs> did it. Because at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he announced yeah. whether, when Jimmy Page was inducted, he says the first time I met him was at Staples. So I guess... Our, our high school. High yeah. school in Westport. So, so I guess Sandhouse let him... Yeah. Case. yeah well those all those acts they came to seattle but they were at like the uh, eagles auditorium downtown yeah but one more. <laughs> um well we have a few minutes so i one more wilderness quick wilderness question and it's because i'm i mean i've hiked but i never heard the word peak baggings what is that well that's when you uh you go out and you you hike a peak and you get to the top and you have a list and you cross it off your list and you that's you bagged it you know oh you bagged it oh okay i'm thinking like yeah i'm trying to yeah i mean the peak i thought of a peak of a mountain but and baggings i thought like something you bring in, in the bag you bring with you like you know what do you bring to the top of the mountain you know i don't know you bring yourself and you're you bring yourself and you take a picture and you say hey i went to that one some power and bars there's, hundreds, there's literally in washington state there's hundreds yeah. and hundreds of mountains and you know we just and one mountain a peak here is really cool because over here you can see baker and over here you see shuxton and and the views and stuff are all different and you know it's just really fun yeah yeah well i only did it once in the grand tetons i guess in wyoming but it was phenomenal um yeah the grand teton i mean i'd like to go there they're grand yeah they <laughs> certainly are <laughs> well can't thank you enough for your time it's been great and we'll yeah, if you get that uh you're gonna play in uh, well, they should look up, our audience should look up Heart by Heart, your website. It's heartbyheart.com or what is the actual? Yeah, heartbyheart.com. Yeah. And, and the tour dates will be there. And uh, if you can get to New Hampshire or anywhere in the area, in the east. Yeah, Heart and Heart by Heart has a, a Facebook too. Oh, good. And we have a Heart by Heart fan page and they all, you know, everybody puts everything on there that they can. So, yep. and we love to see people and, you know, we, 
before we used to do meet and greets all the time. And uh, of course that's kind of out now because of the mm. ask requirements and you know, you know, you have no idea what's going on. So, but we do like to sign autographs and we loved it when people would bring old heart albums and Mike and I would sign them and mm. we hear stories, you know, Hey, my daughter was conceived. <laughs> no, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. And here she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks so much, yeah. Steve. Thanks again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate uh, talking with you. It's been fun. All right. Thank you. All right. See you.